السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وناه Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30 This is the Webathon edition uh, A few hours before the Webathon Alhamdulillah Rameen We're looking forward to having you all tune in And uh, we you know, have this really interesting thing happening here Sheikh Abdullah, where are you hiding? Uh, I'm just I'm trying to do my best, you know, for the sake of Allah I'm like, some say I'm under a table <laughs> I just want to make sure that I tune in <laughs> Whatever it takes, brother. Whatever it takes for the the, back, the backstories with the people are missing here. <laughs> yeah, we we spent we spent so so we spent a good you know a few minutes just laughing because <laughs> Sheikh Yasser, we just we we log in and we just see that table and we're like, why is Sheikh Abdullah hiding under a table? What's going on? Sheikh Abdullah in training. You're in training camp. Uh, the last few days that it's 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 coming. Sheikh Yasser Fahmi. Alhamdulillah, I mean, we are so happy to have you, man. Alhamdulillah, man. Barakallahu feekum. It's good to be here. Alhamdulillah. You're like perfectly placed, mashallah, man. Like you've got the nice setup. Your head is, you, you don't keep any books behind your head. Look at that, yeah. That's that's so perfect, mashallah. Well, my, so my, smooth, mashallah. My, my, brother, my brother tells me, you know, my brother, you know my brother. <laughs> so he tells me. He's like, where's all your books? I say all these other sheikh with all their books. Where are your books? I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, keep it simple. You can't have those books getting in your head, right? You gotta have them. Yeah, I gotta, yeah. gotta keep it. <laughs> so Sheikh Yasser is uh, Alhamdulillah. I mean, prophetic living. Uh, mashallah, if you're not following him on prophetic living, but also we're blessed to have you always, Sheikh Yasser. So forget about dad jokes, man. Egyptian ammo jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like the king of uh, Masri ammo jokes. Really? Uh, as well, the the WhatsApp jokes. And if you don't, that's another level because, see, Masri Ammo jokes, like those those Masri WhatsApp jokes are just mean. Like, they're not nice jokes. Like, they're actually pretty, like, kind of make you want to cuddle up and cry for a bit. Like, so. Try to get into the Quranic spirit here, then you take it to somewhere very different. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get in. <laughs> you know, that surprise reminds me of a Saidi joke. <laughs> This is the guy who's trying to make Telva. You know this joke? No, I don't. This is the guy who's trying to make Telva because you know he spent all his years making, you know, making fun and and and, uh, of Saida. You know the southern Egyptians, right? This is the common like they're the butt of many jokes in Egypt. So he's like, you know what? I gotta go to Mecca. I gotta make things right. I gotta. Right. So he's like, all right, I'm gonna go. So he goes to Mecca. He's standing in front of the Kaaba. And Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi, all these years making Saidi jokes, making Saidi jokes. Ya Rabbi, and he's standing like literally right in front of the Kaaba, right in front of the Multazam. So then a guy taps him on the shoulder. He goes, yes, he go, and it was a Saidi. And this guy goes to him, oh, which way is the Qibla? <laughs> so he's like, Ya Rabbi, I came all the way to the Kaaba in front, to make Tawbah, and you bring the guy, <laughs> I'm supposed to control myself. <laughs> Wow. I'll ask you your favorite uh, Goha jokes. Uh, Goha or Goha, of course. Is it Belgium or Belgium? Goha, of course. Goha, Belgium. Goha, Fosha. What's the best Goha joke? Listen, I don't want to ask that. I need to get into the Quran mind. 
<laughs> you're thinking, listen, maybe, my mind's racing. You know, maybe now. you can you can think about the Goha joke at the end. Like you can give All your right, best we'll go. I've got a Goha one too, but I'll give it at the end. Sheikh right, Abdullah, you, have you heard the Goha jokes, by the way? No, it's not it's not it's not Goha. It's Goha. Goha. Okay. Goha. <laughs> correct my tajweed, inshallah. I'm sorry. The Muslims who are watching this show are loving this, man. They're like, we finally feel like yeah, on <laughs> thirty for thirty has taken us into consideration. You know, like uh, <laughs> properly done it. Sheikh Abdullah, have you heard of those? Uh, go, is it Goha? 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 Sorry. Goha. When I was in the Jamia, when I was in the university, I remember that some of the teachers would say it. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> but after that, no. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll save we'll save the best one for the end, and then maybe Shabbat. at the webathon you can pop another one. Sheikh Yasser, Alhamdulillah, we got here too. Two of those jokes, alhamdulillah. But uh, on a serious note, of course, before we get started, remind everyone, please tune into the webathon. We, of course, have a goal, um, you know, people donating in the last 10 nights, inshallah ta'ala, uh, but also benefiting from the numerous gems. Alhamdulillah, we have topics, we have gems that the night ta'ala, every speaker will share uh, that we pray you all benefit from, and we hope you share it, inshallah ta'ala, and you're a part of it uh, as well. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to go into these 10 nights uh, strong in the night ta'ala. So inshallah ta'ala we'll get started. Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala sayyidina wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. So I pulled a, uh, I pulled the Sheikh Ismail and I went a juz ahead yesterday. I went from juz 20, unfortunately. Uh, I went to juz 21 and I started talking about uh, Luqman al-Hakim. But uh, Sheikh Yasser inshallah will talk about Luqman alayhi salam from a different angle. I actually wanted to come to a beautiful portion, subhanAllah, that is so related not just to the akhirah, but related to the last 10 nights in particular. It's one of the most powerful um, you know, excerpts of the Qur'an in regards to Qiyam al-Dir, in regards to Tahajjud. And bidnanahi ta'ala will help us, inshallah, see it through the akhirah, the akhirah lens, that hereafter lens that we've been talking about. And it's Surah Sajda, uh, 16 to 20. Of course, Surah Sajda is the Jum'ah recitation of the Prophet wasallam, as well as uh, you know, some narrations mentioned reading it uh, on a nightly basis. But in verse 16, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ That they abandon their beds. تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ Like they're fighting with their beds, with their sides, so that they can actually get up and pray qiyam al And I know that this feeling, subhanAllah, this is so vivid, especially when we talk about, uh, you know, the, the idea of the last 10 nights where you'll see some people doing everything that they can to spend the entire night in prayer. And as they spend the night in prayer and reflection and dua and recitation, uh, they, they get into the situation where, you know, they have work in the morning and they're still doing what they can, right, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the best of their ability for a few hours or whatever it may be. And that's part of their ibadah, that exhaustion is part of the worship, right? That you're trying. They call out to their Lord with hope and with fear. With fear and with hope. And they spend from what we have provided for them. If you go back to the very beginning of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions those who believe uh, you know, Allah mentions those who believe in the unseen, and because they believe in the unseen, 
they establish the prayer and they spend out of what we have given to them. So they spend in charity. Uh, the ulama mentioned, subhanAllah, something very beautiful here, that that is talking about iqamatul salah here, the establishing of the prayer is talking about the fara'ad, is talking about the obligatory prayers, the mandatory prayers, right? And so that drives them, the belief in the unseen drives them to perform the mandatory prayers, to establish the obligatory prayers. And as they establish the obligatory prayers, they also give in the mandatory charity. But here Allah is talking about the maqam, the station of ihsan, the station of excellence. And these are people that are praying qiyamul layl. These are people that are praying in the night. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst the people of tahajjud inside and outside of Ramadan. Allahumma ameen. That apply this ayah, that stand up at night and call upon their Lord in hope and in fear. Right? They have been moved and driven. Qulubuhum wajila, as we've, we've spoken about them, right, in these previous chapters. Their hearts tremble with the mercy and with the mention of the most merciful, Ar-Rahman. And so they're getting up at night, they're fighting with their with their bodies and enjoying this calling out to their Lord and spending extra, giving extra. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? فَلَا تَعْلَمُ نَفْسٌ مَا أُخْفِيَ لَهُمْ مِنْ قُرَّةِ أَعْيُنْ جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ and no soul knows, no soul can imagine the delights that have been kept in store for them as a reward for that which they used to do. That which will cool the eyes, the coolness of their eyes. And subhanAllah, here you have the situation, the coolness of the eyes, right? Where you're not just talking about belief in the unseen. You're talking about this person that finds in the salah their the sweetness of their soul's the coolness of their eyes, thinking about that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for them. The Prophet mentioned that prayer has been made prayer has been made the coolness of my eyes, right? Prayer, salah is what gave the Prophet such peace. It's the coolness of his eyes. And so again, this is maqam al-ihsan. This here is the station of excellence. And so not only do they believe in the unseen in a way that causes them to pray the mandatory prayers and to give the mandatory charity? They are actively working for the unseen and offering voluntary prayer. And their soul finds delight in what is still concealed from them. The thoughts of Al-Jannah, the thoughts of the reward of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in store. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that our reality. And when the soul has that type of inclination and that type of connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they start to find that it's easier for them to abandon their beds with their bodies. It's easier for them to abandon their beds with their bodies. They find that the drive of the soul overcomes the fatigue of the body because the reward of the hereafter is a greater driver than the reward of this life. And so it's driving them, even though they can't see it, in a way that they will compromise the seen, the seen comfort and luxury of this world, for the unseen comfort and luxury of the next. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَمَنْ كَانَ مُؤْمِنًا كَمَنْ كَانَ فَاسِقًا لَا يَسْتَوُونَ You know, we've been talking about these two groups of people. Is the one who is this believing righteous person equal before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than this rebellious person? لَا يَسْتَوُونَ They're not equal. And subhanAllah, this is really something very interesting. And, and, and the ayat go on. Uh, and until the end of it, right? So Allah mentions that those who believe and who work deeds of righteousness, 
have this this beautiful paradise, Jannatul Ma'wa, this eternal residence, as an accommodation for what they used to do, for the deeds that they used to do. And as for the fasiqun, as for the rebellious, then they've earned the, the punishment. Now, I think the point here that needs to be made, which is very significant, is that, subhanAllah, when, when you're talking about the justice on the Day of Judgment, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy on the Day of Judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, is this person who stands up lovingly, who abandons their bed at night, who calls out to their Lord in hope and fear, equal to the one who does none of that? And in fact, Allah is not just mentioning the one who is complacent with their sleep and not performing voluntary prayers, but a person who's negligent. Like, is it fair that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deal with the two of them in the same way? You know, is it fair that when we invoke the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wouldn't that be a deficiency in mercy towards that person that was calling out in mercy, you know, seeking Allah's mercy all of that time? So is it fair? These two people are not equal. They're not equal. You would not reward them equally if they were doing something. If you had two employees and one employee was acting in this way and the other employee was completely negligent, would you reward them equally? Yeah. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, you know, that this person who is acting out of hope and fear, striving, will not just have something that they will have beyond what they could ever imagine, what they could ever encompass with their minds and with their eyes and with their hearing. And the soul will continue to crave those night moments with the Lord because it will discover in those night moments with the Lord what the body and the soul cannot find in anything else that this world has to offer. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the Jannah of Yaqeen, the true paradise of certainty in the heart. Nothing in this world can give you that. No sleep, no party, no compensation, no garden, no property. Right? Can give you the sweetness of those moments of Conversing with the Rahman, right? Conversing with the most merciful in the darkness of the night, in the secrecy of the night. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying they are not equal people. And you should not treat them as, you would not treat them as equal. Why do you expect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to treat them as equal? So we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judge us with his mercy, but make us amongst those that invoke his mercy day and night, that stand up in prayer. And that will be completely blown away by the Jannah that he has prepared for his loving servants. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala count us amongst them. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not count us amongst the rebellious, the transgressing, and those that turn away from his eternal and all-encompassing mercy. Allahumma ameen. With the Naitana, Shaykh Abdullah will pass it off to you. Tell the Shaykh Abdullah. Recognizing this beautiful verse in Sajda that inshallah we hear on a weekly basis or at least we hear it uh, consistently, uh, you know, talking about those individuals that get up out of their bed to say, and in the place of rest, and then they go and they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, putting their hands up, thinking about Allah, thinking about the Creator looking at their life and then associating the beautiful names of Allah with things that happen in their life. This is a struggle and it's a it's a test. And I love how he mentioned the last 10 days as an introduction being that the last 10 days are coming up. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that do our best and fight ourselves against ourselves for the for the betterment of ourselves. And that is exactly the term that we hear that is misused a lot of times, jihad, the jihad of the nafs. Jihad comes from struggle. And that struggle is a struggle that is a beloved struggle. 
each and every human being, Muslim or non-Muslim, religious or irreligious, has an internal struggle with themselves and doing what they may view is right. But Islam, being that it comes from al-Islam that one voluntarily submits to the creator of the heavens and the earth, that voluntary submission is a struggle in and of itself. Firstly, knowing who your creator is, understanding why you are here, understanding from why you are here that there's an ultimate purpose beyond your physical self, beyond the, 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 the tangible life that we're living now, because you know who God is and you know the message that he has brought to you. Although that knowledge is there, it's important that as Ibn Abbas, he says on this particular verse that we're going to cover, which is the last verse of an ankabut, the last verse of an ankabut, the spider word, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمَعَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Ibn Abbas says in this beautiful verse that is translates to be, and those who strive in our path, we will surely guide him or her to our way. And verily, Allah is with the doers of excellence. Wallahi, I love this verse because I always tell my children, I tell myself, tell my children, tell new Muslims, tell Muslims that are just trying their level best, which should be all of us, inshallah ta'ala, because we have that concern. Allah says, and those who strive in our path, we will surely guide him to our, those who strive in our path, we surely guide him to our ways. And verily, Allah is with the good doers. Ibn al-Abbas and Ibrahim Adham mentioned, that this those are the ones that act upon what they know when we think about this in our profession when we think about this in any endeavor that we have that we want if we want something we want to learn about it to be better at it but then the ultimate task is that knowledge that you have the the appreciation that you have for that discipline or whatever the case may be are you acting upon it? When one gets married and they know that in order to show my love for my spouse, I can give a lot of lip service. But if I'm physically abusive, verbally abusive, if I'm an individual that is not showing that love, I can say as much as I want to. But when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this religion, Allah being the beautiful names of Allah, we know that they are complete and it's impossible to have a level of deficiency. So if Allah is al-alim al-khabir, for example, he is the all-knowing, and he is the well-acquainted. Diqatul ilm, as the scholars say, he has knowledge, but he knows the minutiae of that of everything. That knowledge is he's well aware of what your hearts conceal and reveal. He knows when you made the intention to at least from now, if you haven't, let's start tonight. He knows if you make that intention, oh Allah, the last ten days, I'm gonna go hard. The last ten days, I'm gonna give it 110 percent. The last ten nights, I'm gonna at least try to wake up. I go and I set my alarm. The nine days have passed, you didn't do it. Allah knows that intention. And what's so beautiful about Islam is that we all know the hadith. All of us know this hadith. And if we don't know it, it is verily actions are judged upon by their intentions. Your intention does hold weight in Islam, but it has to be a sincere intention. So that is the jihad, even with your intention. You know, as Sheikh Muhammad mentioned a couple of days ago, that Sufyan Thawri, he was known. He was a known scholar. And subhanAllah, uh, you know, he mentioned that, you know, he, he can you jahid niyatahu, that he would struggle against his niyah. And some mentioned that it was for Ashirin Sana. He would, something that he would consistently struggle with. You know, am I doing this for Allah? 
do I really want Allah all for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do I want a portion of the dunya? Am I doing this for people to see me? Am I reading the Quran so people can say his voice, my voice is beautiful? Am I giving charity because I want people to see that I have money or that I'm rich or that I am involved with this effort? Do I want my effort to be shown amongst everybody else's because I want to be appreciated and acknowledged? Or am I doing this because the one that has given me these faculties, I want to show gratitude to him. That is the jihad that all of us have. So when Allah says, the action, the struggle, and that's the that's one of the conditions for an action to be accepted. The action that you're doing, is it in accordance with the spirit of Islam, i.e. with the individuals that Allah has sent, the prophets, particularly Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Is it in accordance with that? And this is important as well. Ikhlas, sincerity for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not for anyone else. Because when you do something that you are sure of, you have yaqeen that Allah wants you to do this, you're not concerned what other people think, say. And that is important in a lifestyle, in life now where we're in social media, and if you don't get enough of these likes, something enters your heart. When somebody leaves a WhatsApp group, something enters your heart. When somebody says something about something you're doing and they may make a facial expression, something may enter your heart. But if what you're doing is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you're sure that it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're not concerned about that. Because you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves it. And with that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers this conditional sentence. It's a conditional sentence. We will surely guide him or her to our path. And in Arabic, he uses forms of surety here. It is as though he is saying, we will definitely, without a doubt, guide him or her to our path. Some scholars mention subulana is a subul, the ways of Jannah, and some mentions it's tariq al-Jannah, the sirat al-Mustaqim, the path to Jannah. But what I love about this verse is the very end. It's a verse of hope. It's a portion of a verse of hope. Some people may say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not a night person. You know, I'm a morning person. You know, but there's going to be that time as the Prophet said, to make, to, to try hard in the last 10 days. We always like to say to ourselves, I am not this. Having a fixed mindset, withholding ourselves from accepting Allah's grace. We do it subconsciously sometimes. But to open that door and say, you know what? I'm able to, am I willing to push myself for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allah concludes it by saying, and verily, Allah is surely with the doers of excellence. Al-Kamalulillah, perfection is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're at different levels because of our jihad and nafs. The sahabas made, mistake, made mistakes, but Allah says, anhum, because of their struggle. Ask yourself, and this is the perfect time now. What struggle am I going to put forth for the betterment of myself, for Allah, not anyone else? That is excellence. And ihsan is excellence, not perfection. To do your best. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that yeah. look at ourselves in the mirror consistently, <clears throat> our own sins, our own mistakes, and allow those tears to be a means to put our hands up. When the tears come down, the hands come up for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what Allah wants for you, just to do your best. And that is religiosity. That is a religious person. That is who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a little, inshallah. Amen. 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 Amen.
شيخ ياسر بسم الله ما شاء الله بارك الله فيكم اكرمكم الله والله both of you spoke very eloquently and profoundly زادكم الله من فضله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا وبعد سبحان الله as I was listening to both Sheikh Omar and Sheikh Abdullah I was thinking about how powerful these ideas, <clears throat> this guidance, um, this wisdom that they shared is in our lives. You know, basic ways for us to comprehend life, think about life and practice life in general. And this is why I wanted to highlight the verses 12 through 19 in Surah Luqman, which is this moment, this very powerful, beautiful, um, natural moment between a father and a son when Luqman al-Hakim, uh, who was uh, identifiably uh, not a prophet, according to the majority of opinions, nor, nor a messenger. Uh, he was a simple servant who lived <clears throat> somewhere, either in Nubia or Ethiopia, uh, in that general region. Majority say that most likely he was Nubian um, during the time of Sayyiduna Dawood. Um, but the operative word, I think, that highlights something essential about this conversation is uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala affirming in verse number 12, that we have given Luqman, we've brought Luqman al-Hikmah. We have brought him wisdom. And I just wanted to spend some time thinking about this idea of having wisdom because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah, He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives wisdom to whom he wills. The one who's been given wisdom has been given an abundance of good. And those who truly remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those who possess the innermost hearts, the ones who really conceive and imagine and aspire and understand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in the most profound ways. And so it's, it's, it's situated in this notion of hikmah. And subhanAllah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the way of our Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he actually uses the word hikmah. وَأَنزَلَ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we have sent down to you the book and the wisdom. And the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, أَلَا إِنِّي الْكِتَابَ وَمِثْلَهُ معه. That I was given the book, but I was given that which was like the book with it. And that is the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his path, his sunnah, the way he spoke, the way he ate, the way he drank, his actions, his acquiescence, all of it is, is wisdom. And so brothers and sisters, why is this discourse about wisdom so essential to us? Because the fact of the matter is, we do live in the information age, technological age, the internet age, this time where Information is a mass. It's everywhere. We can know, process, experience, think, synthesize ideas from all corners of the earth all the time. And it's all presented to us on an equal playing field. You know, you can sit down and listen to Sheikh Omar and Sheikh Abdullah as they explore the Quranic meanings and the depth of the Quranic narrative. And you can listen to, you know, some uh, thinker, philosopher, blogger, vlogger, whatever on the internet as they just, you know, kind of muse around public issues, discourses, whatever. But hikmah, hikmah is at the essence of, as Ibn al-Qayyim says, al-hikmatu fi'lu ma yanbaghi ala al-wajh al-ladhi yanbaghi fi al-waqt al-ladhi yanbaghi. 
Hikmah, wisdom, is doing what you need to do in the way in which and the style and the form in which you need to do it in the time that you need to do it. Placing things in their proper measure. And this, brothers and sisters, uh, is where we have to think about, are we wise people today? Do we operate from a position of wisdom? Or do we operate from a position of arbitrariness? Because, you know, one of the profound linguistic indications around the word wisdom is the thing, you know, the hikmah is that which is placed, the bridle that's placed in the horse's mouth. It was named hikmah because it prevents the horse from a unrestricted, uncontrollable run. And it makes the, the beast controlled, disciplined, so that it does not go and create all sorts of damage and ruckus, eat from other um, you know, uh, fields that they should not be eating, gardens, etc., harm other animals. So hikmah is what really conditions and ensures that you are in a, an appropriate good path, a meaningful path. So here we have Luqman al-Hakim talking to his son. As Allah subhanahu wa says, he was given hikmah. He was given wisdom, like the fundamental disposition of this Hakim is someone who's shakir. And the one who's thankful is thankful for their own selves. And those who reject and deny, you know, in those for those who are thankless, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is self-sufficient and he's worthy of all praise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not need us, but he's bestowed this wisdom, this guidance for us. So that we can live a very meaningful, purposeful, rich, engaged life. Meaning that I don't have to live in this modern period a life that is full of anxiety and stress and pain and suffering and loss. You know, feeling atomized and disconnected. You know, a lot of people today, they feel atomized and disconnected because there's a purposelessness. You know, there, there's a detachment from truth, from value, from morals, from heritage, from history. That's why from the ulama, when they talk to us about hikmah, they say hikmah is an, also a representation of an experience and the wisdom that is bred out of experience and tradition, tried and tested, proven models of living and being. So when he starts to talk to his son, you know, when his son, when the father is talking to the son, and he is, you know, uh, counseling him. Ya bunay. Now, this language is, subhanAllah, I think it's the proverbial language of mercy and compassion and love. Oh, my beloved son, la tushrik billah. Do not associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, this first fundamental, tried and tested, proven wisdom that is a part of your inheritance that I pass on to you is don't compare anyone to Allah. Don't place anyone on the same playing field as the divine. You know, and we give this uh, guidance to the people to be good to their parents and their mothers. You know, be good to your parents. This is, this is proverbial, you know, timeless wisdom. Respect and honor your parents. Look at what they've done. Your mother, strain upon strain, taking all this year, two years to wean you and to, to, to serve you and to care for you and to love you and to shower you. 
you know, and give thanks to me and to your parents. All will return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I want you to give thanks to me and I want you to honor and give thanks to your parents. This is timeless wisdom, right? The worship of Allah and the honoring of our parents. That's why disrespecting parents, dishonoring parents, being hurtful, hurtful to parents, disregarding, neglecting parents. These are from the grave sins. But this is from the timeless wisdom that is bestowed to us here in this sacred text. And then if they were to even, now look, look at how the wisdom is embedded. Now if this lofty being called your parent were to struggle against you, to associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't obey them. Don't obey them. But sahibhuma fid dunya ma'rufa. You know, uh, maintain beautiful company with them. Be gentle and kind and loving. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, even at the helm of evil, which is, you know, fighting your children towards polytheism, shirk billah, but you should not obey them but be loving and kind. Have suhbah, companionship. And follow the path of those who turn to me. Then you're going to come back to me. So just, you know, say no. And that's, that's, I think, proverbial here. Say no. We can say no to impulses and, you know, trajectories in society. Isms and ideologies and philosophies that are compelling us down pathways that are in contradistinction with this timeless sacred wisdom. We can say no and say, that's not what we do. That's not what we believe in. But but we have musahaba, we are good with people, we're loving, right? You know, oh my beloved son, if even the, the weight of a mustard seed were hidden in, in a rock or anywhere in the heavens or the earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can surely bring it for he's all subtle and aware. Establish your prayer, enjoin good, you know. So giving him that theological, that wisdom of what Allah knows everything. So you can never hide from Allah. And I want you to proactively establish your prayer, enjoin the good, right? There's good and there's evil. And when you identify the good that has been passed down to you, you have to enjoin that good, you know. You don't try to alter or reform that good or hide that good away. No, you actually enjoin it. And you forbid that which is wrong and evil and displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And be patient in this journey. This is going to be the best for, way for you to live. You know, and don't be, don't turn your nose up to people. And don't walk about the place arrogantly. God does not love go, those who are arrogant and boastful. In the modern world, when we are constantly told to obsess over ourselves, self-aggrandizement, we live, as philosophers say, in one of the most narcissistic times in human history. People are walking around. Everyone is asserting themselves in the most aggressive and pompous way. Here is this timeless wisdom from a father to a son. Don't turn your nose up. Don't walk about this earth in this arrogant disposition. Allah does not love this. This is the last verse. Be moderate in your pace, lower your voice. The ugliest of voices are the braying donkeys. You know, and subhanAllah today to just, you know, we have standardized in our speech, 
loud, obnoxious, aggressive, in-your-face um, type of speech that is so in contradistinction to these simple, profound, timeless wisdoms of being. And brothers and sisters, I, before I, I you know, pass off the mic back to Sheikh Omar, you know, I was thinking about this idea of Luqmanul Hakim, <clears throat> you know, as a simple man um, who's not a prophet or a messenger. He's just a father who's speaking to his son. And he's passing off to his son the timeless wisdoms that he wants him to carry with him into life. I want to advise myself because, see, there's young people, yes, in age, but we all within us have a young thing, and it's called the, the, the nafs, a nafsu kattifl, as the poet says. Like this nafs is like a kid. You know, if you let it go, it's going to be like, an, like a wild stallion, like a wild beast. In a hadith, what Prophet says, if you leave yourself, you'll be like an unrestrained beast in the open field. We as people, we must not succumb to this idea of cutting ourselves off from this timeless wisdom, this sacred heritage, this inherited tradition, what is known according to our scholars, al-ma'ruf al-mujarrab, that is what is known, tried and tested. Young people be very weary of these impulses that, that we're hearing all the time to turn away from your parents. I know better than my parents. I know more than my parents. You may have more information, but you certainly do not have more wisdom. And that's the huge distinction. You may have access to a lot of data points, but that data point does not translate into a rich, meaningful, beautiful, robust life where you're not riddled with anxiety. You know, when the ulama, so many ulama, they would say, oh Allah, let me die upon the iman of the ajais of Naisabur, you know, the elderly women of Nishapur. Because it was their simple but profound, wise, theological disposition that allowed them to live rich lives, free of anxiety, stress, worry, free of a sense of loss, you know, jadedness, apathy. That's the beauty of the Quranic wisdom. That's the beauty of our tradition. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to always be embedded within the sacred wisdom of our tradition and never cut ourselves off of it, but embed with ourselves within it. Sheikh Abdullah did I uh, felt like there were a few of those those points that resonated. I want to give you a chance, obviously, if you have anything to comment on that. The parent, the non-Muslim parent, obviously you do convert resources and that's a big part of what you do, right? The non-Muslim parent. So I, I saw you shaking your head, so I'm just gonna hand it to you, inshallah. Yeah. No, exactly. The portion of the verse Zakwahir was talking about, you know, uh you know, if they call you to associate partners with me, then do, do not uh, obey them. But at the same time, be good to them. You know, and uh, subhanAllah, I was just thinking how, because, you know, in regards to Luqman, I remember Tahir bin Ashur, he goes in depth about this, like who, where Luqman was from, why it was called the Hakim, and subhanAllah, that is the epitome of wisdom. You always tell people that convert to Islam, or the young, you know, Muslim that um, is trying to be religious, and you find that the parents may be holding him or her back. You know, Subhanallah. I mean, how many Islamic school teachers that I've spoken to, and because they had that level of influence on the student, middle school students particularly, they love practicing the deen when they're at school, but then their parents kind of serve as an antagonist. 
So it's very, you have to be, you have to really be wise, you know, and joining the two, like you said, saying no, but you're going to say no to me. I'm your mother. I'm your father. I raised you. But at the same time, you, you have that integrity in the Dean, but also being nice, being wise. That's not easy. That's not easy. But subhanAllah, you know, Allah chose to have Luqman say this to his son because he is a Hakim and that is the epitome of Hikmah. You know, rejecting with manners. Mm. Rejecting the ones that raised you with manners. That's deep. That, that's, that's just, it's, it's profound. You know, and uh, it's a process. You know, I always tell, you know, people that convert to Islam or the youth, you know, it's a process. Don't expect it to be over one night. You know, you may get rejected. You know, you may get just totally kicked out of the house, whatever the case may be, uh, the black sheep of the family, but still be wise. You know, show a level of, of connection with them that you still acknowledge them. You know, and uh, it's it's difficult, but again, we want to please Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in this process. May Allah make it easy. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh Yasser. Right. Beautiful reflections, Mashallah, Sheikh Yasser. As always, Alhamdulillah, uh, brought great wisdom, Sheikh Abdullah. As always, Mashallah, Sheikh Abdullah. You know, you know, hoodie mellow, hoodie mellow, hoodie mellow. Carmelo Anthony when he wears the hoodie, like hoodie. Oh mellow, yeah, yeah, hoodie mellow. Like yeah. You know, like Hotel Sheikh Abdullah, Hotel Aduro. <laughs> hotel Duro, huh? Yeah. When you're in the hotel, you just brought like another level of uh, beauty and wisdom, mashallah, to the <laughs> to the program. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh Yasser, you got your Guhajok with the You just you took a shot at Saidis. You know, we showed love <laughs> to the to the bees with uh, with Dr. Nazar, and then yesterday Amir was hating on spiders. So we had to apologize to the spiders in the audience, and now. Saidis, offending everybody. Hold on, Saida, right, that's no. my blood, all right? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Saidi at heart. I'm not Saidi necessarily by lineage, but I'm Saidi at heart. M most of my shiuch were Saida, so, you know, Saida, as they say. But, you know, speaking of uh, <laughs> honoring the parents <laughs> and respecting the parents, Joha, one time he left a masjid and he walked out, he couldn't find his shoes. So uh, he says, where's my shoes? You know, where are my shoes? Someone bring my shoes right now. Illa, if you don't bring my shoes, I'm going to do exactly what my father did. So people start getting like unnerved, like, you know, what did your father do? So then he says again, like, you know, really threatening the voice. If you don't bring me my shoes right now, I'm going to do exactly what my father did. So they ran and they bought him brand new shoes. And then, like, he puts them on and he's walking home. So I said, tell us, what did your father do? He said, nothing. He just walked home barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> I love mostly jokes. That's See how compelling Sheikh Yasser, see, like, Sheikh Yasser gets you, like, captivated, man. Like, that's, that's the art of mostly storytelling. Yeah, you have to, yeah. You've got to, like, build suspense. And then just, just. <laughs> but you know, I hope you know, on a serious note, Allah, and I, I hope we we really value um, what it means, like the simple value and wisdom of following in your parents' footsteps. You know, Subhanallah. I just feel like there's such a strong impulse to detach from the inherited sacred simple wisdom of our parents. You know, it's a very powerful metaphor to turn against your parents. Right. Um, it's like you're, you're turning against heritage, you're turning against history, it's this mm -hmm. impulse for like anarchy, 
the social desire, like this throbbing for anarchy. It's like, but, you know, we, we are a people of our forefathers, you know, our parents, our forefathers, our tradition. That's, that's what's sacred and timeless. And I hope we as a community preserve it. Wallahi. <laughs> By the way, you know, these Juha jokes, a lot of them, you can find them in the works of the ulama. You know, Ibn al-Qayy, uh, Ibn al-Jawzi, he has a book called Akhbar al-Hamqa wal-Mughaffaleen. The reports of, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the idiots and the ignorant. Um, but, you know, a lot of them you see, like, subhanAllah, how they take just inherited meanings, ideas. He actually writes this book because he wrote a book on um, the afkiya, like the intelligent. And now he wants to write a book on the other side of the spectrum. So he explores, like, the whole heritage of al-hamqa in society. And it's such a <laughs> beautiful idea. By the way, Sheikh Yasser, tonight, inshallah, we're starting for the last 10 nights, Sheikh Yasser, Rajas, and I are going to be reflecting on Sayyid al-Khatr by Ibn al-Jawzi. Really, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. So every night we're going to have just different reflections on, on his writing. So mashallah. maybe, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll take a detour. Take some you know, so, yeah. <laughs> from the hamqa and the mughaffareen. <laughs> Yeah, So for everyone, um, just a reminder, we're going to be, inshallah ta'ala, live with the webathon at 2 p.m. Eastern, inshallah. Please share it. It's something that we want you to participate in, inshallah ta'ala. The automation of donations over the last 10 is certainly just something that we seek to encourage everyone to do, inshallah ta'ala, just to be a part of it. But we also want people to join live. It's a, it's a community that we've built over the last few years, alhamdulillah, in this online world. Uh, so um, is it 2.30 or... Sorry, I forgot what it is. 2.30. Allah I'm already forgetting. 2.30. Yeah, it's 2.30. So please do log on, inshallah ta'ala. And uh, share the webathon with your family and friends. Tell them this is something to listen to. This is something to pitch into, inshallah. And just enjoy it. And we'll have Sheikh Yasser, Sheikh Abdullah back with us then. With the night ta'ala. Jazakum Allah khairan, everyone. See you in a bit, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.